The Big Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. We've got jazz action coming up tonight, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Pre-game begins at 5.30. Tip-off at 6.30. But let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. He makes the ha- the magic happen for KSLSports.com. He covers the jazz. He's our good friend Ben Anderson with us here on The Big Show. What's up, Ben? What's going on, Jake? How are you, man? I'm good, buddy. I had I had kind of one of those days, though, where, you know, it was up late going to a concert last night today. Uh, dishwasher broke. Ice machine broke. Oh, you no. know, waiting for service yeah. people. Find out no. I got to get new dishwasher, you know. And it's not like there's anything going on in uh, our professional lives or anything. So, like, it's... <laughs> it's not like there's been any turmoil. Yeah. So, you know, just one of those things where it rains and pours. So, I'm, I'm slapping on a good attitude. Oh, did I mention? I'm getting buried on, uh, on Twitter by Ute fans, too. So I've also got that going for me. It's a good day. Oh, no, what did you do to Utah? Oh, I talked about how Utah recruited over Cam Rising twice, and I've actually had that opinion. This is kind of funny, like what sticks with people and and what doesn't. I've been basically saying that for almost a year, and all of a sudden one guy picked up on it yesterday, and it it just, as you know, tailspins. Yeah, it uh, it gets away from you pretty quickly if you're not yeah. careful. But, you know, Ben, as you know, uh, you know, if you're a senior transfer and you're a quarterback, you're going to go somewhere where you, you're not going to play, you know? You're, yeah, mean, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, And also, you know, it's not like the youths have had new uh, success bringing in freshmen and letting those guys develop until they're seniors like Travis Wilson or, or uh, you know, any of the successes that they've gone out there and been able to have. So they've got Tyler Huntley, you know, may, maybe try that again instead of trying to go out and get those senior transfers to uh, step in and fix all your problems. All right, Ben. Let's let's talk a little jazz basketball. I, I really want to get into the GM survey uh, with you, and we'll do that coming up here momentarily. But what are you looking for tonight in a night where we're not going to see a whole lot of rotational guys? We're going to see some fresh faces. Going to get another look at rookie Jared Butler. But kind of dive into what you're going to have your eye on tonight. Yeah, I guess I'm going to keep an eye on how uh, some of the younger guys play, specifically the second year guys. I want to know what uh, Trent Forrest does. You know, he didn't play great, I didn't think, in their opener after having such a good summer league. Some of the floaters that he was able to hit seemingly at will when uh, when he was playing in Salt Lake or in Las Vegas, those didn't seem to work as well against the better sides of uh, the San Antonio Spurs on Monday night. So we'll see if he has a bit of a bounce-back game or if that position kind of ends up falling more in favor of Jared Butler. But then really looking at Elijah Hughes and Yudoka Azabuki as well. Uh, Hughes, you know, started, he didn't shoot particularly well. But if you actually look at his stat line the other night, he had, what, like eight rebounds and five or six assists? Like, that, those are very Royce O'Neal-y type numbers. And I think that's probably his role in the NBA. He's not going to be the guy he was at Syracuse. He's not going to have the ball in his hands a ton. 
But if he can rebound and he can play defense and he can get a couple of assists when he, you know, attacks closeouts, he can be an NBA player. And the Jazz could use some more young, cheap talent. And uh, Elijah Hughes is the type of guy who could fill that role after having a very quiet rookie season. Yeah, that that number jumped out to me too. That he grabbed eight boards. He, I thought, you know, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Three for ten, three for seven from three. But I, I thought he took advantage of having a, an opportunity to start. Went out there and played hard. And Ben, I, I was talking about this yesterday. There's a guy, and and you could probably throw Trent Forrest in there a little bit too. Where last year was such a weird year, right? No camp, a weird G League bubble. I mean, you know, these guys need time on the floor and opportunities, and he just didn't get it. So I'm actually really curious to watch Elijah Hughes. Yeah, and look, three of seven from three is fabulous. If he can hit that and yeah. get that many shots off, the Jazz would take that. And if you can rebound and then hit threes, you're going to have a role in the NBA, and the Jazz can use a player like that. So that's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. And Jake, in the next few years, the Jazz are, I mean, they're already there, but they're going to be in a real salary crunch. So if you have a guy who could step in and do the role of an 8 or $9 million player and do it at $2 bucks, is that those guys have a ton of value for you. Ben, what uh, I guess, what are you expecting out of the Jazz this year? Again, we can dive into the GM survey where the GMs had the Lakers first in the West, but the Jazz second. The Jazz finished with the best record in the league last year. Some stretches where they were just unbelievable. But where are you laying out your expectations? Yeah, I, I think one of the things I'm trying to figure out is how much Quinn Snyder is buying into where the Jazz have to be in the regular season to end up having success in the postseason. And he even touched on this a little bit last year when the Jazz were kind of in that race and everyone was wondering what's going to happen without Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Are they going to be good enough to be able to finish with the top record? And Quinn Snyder kind of repeatedly said, hey, you look at the, the teams historically, finishing with the best record in the NBA doesn't mean you're going to win the championship. It's not that important. And then the Jazz seemed to push really hard to get that best record. And I wonder if that was more tied to the fact that they weren't sure how healthy Donovan Mitchell was going to be. They didn't know where Mike Conley was going to be. It wasn't like they were just being extra cautious with those guys at the end of the season because those injuries cropped up again in the playoffs. So I wonder if they felt like they had to have home court advantage to have their best chance to advance. If they're healthier this season, maybe that's not the case. Then maybe Quinn Snyder, like we've already seen now through two play, uh, preseason games, I should say, maybe he's going to be a lot more willing to rest these guys, and, and not just in the preseason, but – at different points throughout the regular season. And if that's the case, then they're not necessarily going to be gunning for that top spot in the playoffs. Now, they're going to want to have home court advantage, at least in the first round. If you can have it in the second round, I think you're in good shape and have a chance to make the conference finals. But, you know, I, I think we're probably past the point of just measuring this team past regular season success. I just that They've proven that they can win during the regular season. Now they have to prove they can do it in the postseason, and that's going to come down to health and some other factors. So in the GM survey, and for folks that don't know out there, the, the NBA, it's, it's NBA.com. So the NBA surveys all their GMs and asks them a, a zillion different questions. And I actually thought the Jazz were, were fairly, you know, uh, positively evaluated by the rest of the league. But, uh, of course, Ben, we go through these things and we look for first, you know, where's the slight? What, what can we be angry about? And what I saw online is most folks were angry that Rudy Gobert was not mentioned in the who is the best center in the NBA. Nikola Jokic was number one with 63%, Joel Embiid two at 23%, and Giannis at three at 7%. But I didn't, I actually don't think that's much of a, a slight to Rudy Gobert, actually, when you look at that. I don't, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and again, they were only voting for who the first place center was. Right. They weren't kind of ranking one, two, right. and three. So 
I don't know if I'd vote. You know, in fact, I wouldn't vote Rudy Gobert as the best center in the NBA. In fact, you probably couldn't have voted. You know, nobody would reasonably after what Nikola Jokic did last year. And then Joel Embiid, before he got hurt, was also having an MVP-type season. So I don't think that's necessarily a slide on Gobert. I think you saw with some recency bias some of the issues that the Jazz had with Gobert on the floor in the playoffs. And I actually don't think those are Gobert's fault. But it's not a secret at this point that he's not a guy you can dump the ball down to and expect him to score when, when teams go small or teams defend him a different way. So uh, I don't necessarily think that that's a major slight. I was a little bit more surprised that you didn't see Donovan Mitchell's name anywhere no. in that GM survey. And there's only a couple of spots where he could have propped up, you know, when they rank the best shooting guard or things like that. But Donovan Mitchell, I think at this point, is unquestionably a top five playoff player in the NBA. I mean, every single year over the last couple of seasons, he's been top two or three in scoring. He only had one leg last year, and the Clippers still had no idea what to do with him. Neither did the Memphis Grizzlies. So, you know, I, I think he's shown that he can be a legit superstar when he gets into the playoffs, and his name was completely absent. So maybe Donovan's gotten a little bit underrated somehow in this process. I thought, uh, and that that's a really interesting point, uh, and probably one that should have stood out more than the Rudy thing, because I, I agree with you on Rudy. I, I would have picked Joel Embiid, just because I think he's the most complete center. Uh, I know everybody loves Nikola Jokic, but he doesn't play the defensive side. So the same criticism that goes against Rudy, in my opinion, should, should the coin should be flipped and it should go against Jokic. But uh, they they were loving themselves from Quinn Snyder, and the thing that stood out to me in a from a positive standpoint, Ben, you know, he got... Uh, 14% of the vote for who is the best coach in the NBA, uh, putting him third. But when it came to which coach ran the best offense, Quinn Snyder, number one, and which coach has the best defense, Quinn Snyder was at number three. I thought that was extremely high praise for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of a testament to the, the, the type of coach he is. And I think he also received votes in best in-game adjustments. I don't know if he finished top four, but I think he also received a vote there. So, there's a ton of respect for Quinn. And, look, he finished third behind Eric Spolstra, who I think definitely belongs in that conversation as one of the top four or five guys in the league. Monty Williams finished second. I get it. He just took the Suns to the finals. I don't actually know if Monty Williams is you know, one of the best coaches in the NBA as opposed to just having a ton of success recently. But it didn't have Greg Popovich in the top three. It didn't have Rick Carlisle in the top three, and we know how, both, how good both of those guys are. But, you know, Quinn Snyder now, when he's going to his eighth, season with the Jazz, he's definitely deserving of this praise. He's as good as it gets right now. And you want a coach that gets more out of their talent than the other average coach would. And and while the Jazz have a ton of talent, I still think Quinn gets the most out of them. So pretty overwhelmingly, the GMs picked the Lakers in the West. 80% of the first place votes. The Jazz uh, second, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, Phoenix third. I, I guess I understand why um, the the GMs like the Lakers, but I was surprised it was so uh, overwhelming. Do, do you think Westbrook, LeBron, Davis is the the is is that going to work? I, I think here's what I'm curious about. LeBron is probably going to come out and have something to prove again this season, the same way he did two years ago. You remember his first season in LA? They yeah. didn't make the playoffs. It was the first time since his rookie season that his team didn't make the playoffs. So he came out and wanted to run away with it, and certainly they did. They ended up with the top seed in the West two seasons ago. They won the championship in Orlando in the bubble, and LeBron was kind of redeemed. And then last year again, they fell to, what, sixth, seventh, wherever they finished in the, in the playoff standings. I guess it was seventh because they had to play the Suns, who was a second-place team. So I, I think LeBron, Russ, Anthony Davis are going to want to come out and prove a point that, 
hey, we're still the best in the West. We still can win all these games. I'm going to play, you know, 75-plus games, and, and we're going to show you how good we are. I, I think that's certainly possible. But, again, I don't know if that necessarily means they're going to be the best team in the playoffs. And, and Jazz have seen it firsthand. You know, Russell Westbrook is volatile in the playoffs. So we, we saw him with a higher-seeded Oklahoma City Thunder team with Paul George lose to the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's first kind of real, real taste of the playoffs. Gobert had been there the year before, but he got hurt against the Clippers. So I, I think Russ can be as good or as bad as he wants to be in the playoffs and can certainly shoot you out of a series and, and play you out of a series. So I think they'll have the best record in the regular season. I think they're probably going to push for that because LeBron, you know, his ego wants to support that. But I don't know if that necessarily means they're the best team in the West. They might not be better than either the Jazz or the Suns. So, Ben, this is a very uh, layered question, but is Brooklyn's chances in the East going to depend on whether or not Kyrie Irving gets a vaccination? Um, yes. Here's the problem. So here's the thing with, with Kyrie. You can't push back against Kyrie Irving. If you force him to get the vaccine, and this is where Brooklyn, this is what their problem is right now. If you force him to get the vaccine and the owners say you have to do it or we're going to trade you, he's absolutely not going to do it. You have to let him feel like he's coming to this conclusion on his own, even though every kind of financial and successful direction points to him having to get this vaccine. You have to make him feel like he made this choice, which is kind of how he's done everything in his career. So you have to find a way to get him there. And I honestly suspect my gut tells me because we've seen Kyrie love to make so much drama about himself. He loves to be the center of attention, good or bad. He's going to run this up as long as he can until the start of the regular season. And then he's going to get the vaccine and say, hey, look, I'm ready to go for game one and we're going to be really good. The problem is if he doesn't do that, not just him not being on the floor and not playing, I don't think Kevin Durant or James Harden are strong enough leaders to be able to withstand this type of drama. You remember James Harden and Chris Paul derailed a season where the Rockets probably should have won a championship because they couldn't get along. Kevin Durant couldn't handle the success of being in Golden State and not getting more credit. And I know it's more nuanced than that, but I think those guys are bizarrely susceptible to distraction, you know, good or bad. And, and Kyrie Irving is nothing but a distraction at this point in the NBA. So he's a terrific player. He can help you win when he's on the floor, but he seems to like the drama more than he likes just about anything else. So, Regardless of whether he gets the vaccine or not, I guess at this point, I think it's going to be really hard for them mentally. And with a brand new head coach like like uh, Steve Nash, who only has one season under his belt, I just don't know if they're going to be able to get this ship headed in the right direction consistently enough to win a title, even though they're by far the most talented team in the league. That's an interesting point about uh, Kyrie having that type of personality where he's going to 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 push back, and uh, you know, regardless of how people feel about the about the vaccine out there, the Jazz uh, by being 100% vaccinated vaccinated have spared themselves a tremendous headache. And you know, Andrew Wiggins uh, talked about how he got the vaccination uh, the other day because you know he's you he, it's not an option to not be able to play home games. You know that's. That's not going to work going forward. Right. It'll be interesting to see if Kyrie Irving falls falls in line. I, I feel for him in a weird way. Uh, look, I, I, I get it's everyone's personal choice. I, I understand that aspect of it. Honestly, I'm not trying to get into a vaccine debate. But I will say this. I look at the guys around the NBA who have taken kind of this vocal op- opposition to it, and it's Trey Burke. It's uh, 
Jonathan Isaac in Orlando. It's Michael Porter Jr. in Denver. It's Andrew Wiggins. It's Kyrie Irving. It's like the, the who's who of guys you don't want being the voice of your team. You know, it's these guys who are always kind of headed in this different direction on the floor. I'm not even talking about what they do off the floor. Just kind of the decisions they make on the floor that don't tend to make a consistent amount of sense uh, are, are the guys who keep pushing in this direction. So I think that's where some of my even weirdest hesitancy comes. If I'm a basketball fan, not the vaccine, you know, not whether I believe in the vaccine or not, but, but as a basketball fan, that it's those names that are kind of the top of this list. That's what's so sketchy to me about it and why I kind of don't believe they're going to be able to fix it in Brooklyn. So Ben, uh, forgive me for circling back around to to Donovan Mitchell, but uh, I want to I want to bring this up with you because he's uh, over his career he's been so good at improving, you know, and he'll come back, he'll go into the lab in an off season and he'll come back. And uh, Quinn Snyder said when when Donovan was a rookie, uh, it was a real challenge to to coach to come up with things for Donovan to work on because he he consumed it so quickly, and I think he's improved as a result. So I guess my question is. How does Donovan go from where he is now to the guy that can't be left off the GM survey? What does he need to add to his game? I don't think we're ever going to see him become this great defensive player. He'll get better. And I think the Jazz actually probably did miss a little bit of his length and athleticism as he clearly wasn't fully healthy against the Clippers last year. But it might just be as simple as you know pushing his 38% three-point percentage up to 40%. You know, It might just be a couple of percentage points here and there getting another half of a free throw attempt a game just to up his efficiency and his effective field goal percentage. Like, I, and then they're kind of boring at that point, but that's how good he is. You know, yeah. He's just an incredibly good offensive player at this point in his career. Certainly, as I mentioned, already one of the best in the playoffs on the offensive side of the ball. He averages almost 30 points a game. So it's just going to be a matter of you know, ticking up those boxes a tiny bit, turning it up to 11, you know, so to say. He's just going to be able to take the things he's good at and improve them. I don't know if it's necessarily these, you know, kind of dramatic things we've never seen before. It's going to be poise. It's going to be timing. It's going to be leadership. It's going to be clutch play and a a couple of percentage points. But I I don't think it's all of a sudden he's going to have this, you know, fabulous addition to his game that we've never seen. Maybe he shoots a couple of feet further out on threes, which changes the dynamic of the spacing, things like that. But it's probably going to be more subtle at this point than anything dramatic. All right, Ben, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about your piece today up at kslsports.com, talking a little Rudy. Yeah, guys, actually what I'm doing right now is I'm doing a 50-story countdown starting, geez, 36 days ago now, going up to opening night. So I started 50 days out uh, and have a story coming out every day, including the weekends leading up. And kind of interesting, Rudy Gobert going for his fourth Defensive Player of the Year award in five seasons. Uh, and what actually might determine, I was surprised to see this again looking back, it might be who backs him up. It might not have anything to do with really how good Rudy is on the floor. We know Rudy's fantastic. We know he's the best rim protector in the NBA and really just the best defender in the NBA. But the three last years that he's won the DPOY, he had Derek Favors backing him up. The one year he didn't, Derek Favors was in New Orleans. So let's see what Hassan Whiteside and Yudoka Azabuki can do backing up Gobert to see if they can keep the Jazz uh, defensive rating high enough that at the end of the season they're still in the top five. And you look at the best defensive player on that team, and it's Gobert which keeps his candidacy for the award. So if that happens, he's probably already a Hall of Fame player. If the Jazz can't keep up their defensive rating, it it could hurt his chances because he's already kind of right there on the borderline. It's a lot of riding, Ben. How's the, the carpal tunnel? How are the, how are the digits? It, it, 
Better than a broken dishwasher. <laughs> hey, man. This is going to be a great year for the Jazz. This is going to be a really fun year to cover, and uh, I, I know you're going to have a lot to write about. 50 things, that's amazing. But there's a lot. There's a lot to this team, and, and we're, we're going to have a fun one, I think. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to cover it, and we'll talk to you soon, Jake. Thanks, Ben. You're the man. That's our friend Ben Anderson, kslsports.com. And, uh, yeah, talking about Rudy, and he's he's got a lot of interesting stuff in there. I've always said this about Ben. He's got a, a unique way of looking at, uh, at games where he can really grab relevant topics and discussions and, and put them out there very clearly. He's always been really good at that. You know, I always feel like I leave the interview, hearing the interview and yeah. stuff like that. I always feel like I learn You things. learn a little something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You learn a little something. And, and hey, with our new uh, partnership with, with Bonneville Media and the good folks at KSL and kslsports.com, uh, we can now call Ben a coworker again. That's nice. That feels good. It does. I hope I get a cubicle by him. Because I, I feel like, you know, we know a lot of the folks over there, obviously, Lloyd really well at KSLSports.com, but I feel like Ben's the, like the coolest guy in the office type, you know, the one that you like, you, you want to be close to because, you know, you're going to be viewed as cool if you're on his inner circle. Okay. No? Is it, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I see that. I just started, my, my brain just started going somewhere else and I started wondering, I was like, I think there's like a lot of like, I think there's pranks in those cubicles that happen or No. Uh, I don't even know. Well, when, when Hans gets there, yeah. Hans is kind of a pranker. Yeah. I don't see Ben as much of a pranker. No, no. I don't, um, he's, he's down to business. Pulled, he's got I've, stuff I've to write. a couple jokes here and there, a couple pranks. I remember hiding in one guy's, one guy's book bag once. Like OJ? No, no. Like OJ this in the basket? How did, you, how did you hide in a book bag? This was a, no, I hid the person's oh, book bag. Oh, I see. I this see. was actually a host's. There was a, there was a really, yeah. Speaking of very him, attached to, do you do you remember his prank on? Bag. Do you remember his prank on uh, on our guy Dave Gore on the Facebook where 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 Kyle caused like personal turmoil because of he hacked Dave's Facebook? Yes, I do. And by the way, <laughs> you 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 have sent you. I remember I left my email up and you sent an awful email. To like the entire staff. I did not. You did. Yeah, I did not. That did happen. That did not happen. I wouldn't do that. Jake, <laughs> to the whole stop. staff. Or did I just send one to somebody else? And it no, that it would was. Have been in and I'm not saying show. like it was like the bosses or anything, but the hosts. No, come on. And other producers. Yes, you did it. I never did that. Okay, I stop. Did, Don't act all innocent I did here. I didn't because it really is actually outside of what you normally do. But yeah, you did that. I hacked, uh, or I, I got a hold of Britain's Twitter the one time yeah. and tweeted out, uh, who was that? Did, uh, Chris Burgess, about how they missed each other. See, and I pranked you once with the heat or, or the AC. Once. One time. Stop it. All right, now once. you're going to put me back in a bad mood. Don't do that. One it time was, I did. It was like every day. I don't even he, touch it. Then you instructed the rest of the staff, like, hey, guys, this would be funny. Let's, let's mess with Jack. That did not happen, yes. no. no. Speaking but. of emails to the staff. You deserved it. I've that. been holding on to that email you did a long time ago. I've been holding on to that for a long time. Blackmail email. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't use it, if it exists at all. No, it it does. No, and I'm not. Ta- I don't actually have the email. I'm, I'm talking about holding on to the the grudge. Oh, the grudge. Yeah, the grudge. Not I've been the holding email, on. But not the. the I don't actually have that email. Okay. Because that's <laughs> somewhere in the Simmons Media. That gone. Yeah, that gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
can we get well, let's get into this coming up next uh, if if this there's a story out there about a troll job that if it really is a troll job it's pretty incredible and get into that around the corner. We'll also talk some more college football. PK is going to jump on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver. Right now, easy to say Alabama and Georgia are literally in a league of their own. But the rest of that pack, that 128 other teams, BYU is a playoff viable team, and they genuinely believe that. And so to go out there and to know you can put your third-string quarterback in and just decide, yeah, we're just going to run all over this team, that is completely game-changing. And to be honest with you, I don't see that really changing over the next five, six, seven years because of the momentum going into the recruiting pickup, the Big 12, all these different aspects that now BYU is playing. It's going to be very hard not to see BYU as a top 25 team for the next 10, 12 years. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. PK, going to jump on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Lloyd's producing today. Jake Hatch is actually in the in the other studio as well. So let, I, I want to get all your opinions on this. All right, the Urban Meyer story is, uh, is sweeping the globe, right? Uh, everybody's uh, still caught up. It's still big news again today. Urban's lame excuse. Uh, that he gave to his team, who apparently laughed at him as soon as he left the locker room. And if uh, that is, by the way, true, because I know we talked about that yesterday. Was that yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. If that is true, that his team did laugh at, at, at essentially yeah. laughed right when he walked out, then that that team's lost and he's not retaining that job. Yeah, it's not going. It's well. going, no. Uh, but the, the owner backed him yesterday. He said, uh, very disappointed in Nerbs. But uh, he's going to stay at the gig. So Lloyd and Hatch, uh, I want your opinion. Is this is this a great troll job or merely a coincidence? All right, Hatch, have you seen this story? Which story about Urban? Well, not the Urban story, but the troll story. I'm going to get to here in a no, second. No, I don't okay. Think I've so seen you're this going story. in fresh. All right, yeah. I like it. So the current head coach at Ohio State, Ryan Day, sure. had a press conference. And Uh-oh. at that press conference, he wore the exact same Ohio State half-zip pullover. Same color, same everything that Urban had on in the infamous uh, dance video. Oh, no. <laughs> so is this just in, like an incredible troll job and we should assume that there's bad blood between, uh, between Ryan Day and Urban Meyer? Or is it just merely a coincidence? Okay, considering these coaches get enough gear annually from their contracts from these suppliers, so in this case Nike, they're Ohio State's one of yeah. Nike's pride and joys. The fact that Urban and that that pullover has to be at least a few years old because he hasn't been the head coach. It, yeah, it's been a couple of years. Th- yeah. This is more than a coincidence. Uh, see, that's where mine goes. My mind goes Absolutely. to. But I'm such. Yeah. A, uh, I'm a conspiracy guy. So you're you're going that way, Lloyd. Wait, coincidence. Coincidence no, or troll job? This is troll. 
Absolutely. There must be some bad blood there. Because you don't go... In, there are coaches who wear old gear. Bill Snyder was famous for it. On the sidelines of uh, of Kansas State, He there are people who would take pictures of him wearing gear from like three or four years previous. Ryan Day ain't that. Ryan Day knows that the latest and greatest is what works because he knows how recruiting works. You want the latest and greatest. This, uh, no, there, there's no way this is a coincidence. That's hilarious if it's yeah. not a coincidence. Unless somebody from Ohio State sent him... Uh, Sent him one from the, from this year and said, "Hey, here you go." Or I just think that's God. Ryan watching the video, being like, "I've got one of those." Goes right to his closet, pulls it out, <laughs> and puts it on. It's just sitting there, waiting, like hanging on the door or whatever. I will wear uh, that tomorrow. Yeah. What a what a stupid story. But you know what? It it honestly is a, a lesson that usually like it's like a PR lesson. Like honestly, if Urban would have gotten up in front of his team and said, "Listen, I, I made some bad decisions. It it went further than I intended to. Mm-hmm. I got a mess at home. I'm going to have to clean up." Shell Bell is not real happy. So he even said to some of the players, "You know what I'm talking about hey, here, right? You're talking <laughs> you to an, yeah. Hans said this yesterday. You're talking to an NFL team. I yes. mean, what do you think the lifestyle is like? Those players know the score of the game." Oh. Can't go in there and be like, oh, they were taking some pictures, and I was with my grandkids. Really, they're not going to buy that if he would have just said, "Hey, just, listen, just own it." Made some bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Glad it didn't go further. I'm you not know? even or, sure if that's me. <laughs> just, but you can't go in there and just flat deny it. And and if if the owner is really looking for you know urban use, take responsibility and earn our trust and whatever, well, he could start by owning it. Like, I was going to say, just fess up. Like that's the biggest thing. He's, he's trying to uh, couch this with his. He, I went to see my grandkids. Your grandkids were nowhere near that establishment. Yeah. We're fully aware of that. And honestly, I do. I, I met Shelly a bunch of times when, when Urban was here and, you know, she was around. She used to call into post-game shows and stuff. She was a very nice lady. Uh, but I feel, I honestly feel bad for her because think about this. Urban threw her under the bus for that. What was that assistant coach's name? Um, Smith? Uh, I think it was Smith, yeah. Yeah, the receiver coach who who was a domestic abuser. I mean, it's a very serious story. And uh, Shelly Shelly was in contact with the wife, and you know that was a whole thing. What did Urban know? Did he enable this whole all this behavior and all that sort of stuff? And Urban threw Shelly right under the bus. Said, "Oh, she never told me a thing. Never heard about it." And now this one. Sure, she loves going to uh, you know the the neighborhood social or whatever. This one might know. cost Urban some money. It was Zach Smith who was Zach Smith. Thank yeah. you. This one might what cost a terrible Urban some, story, some money. Yes. Yeah, this one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what their okay, relationship. Here, here's like. the thing: is is this all just an elaborate scheme by Urban to escape Jacksonville to get out? Well, is that really a good out? I'm going to submarine my personal life just to get out of Jacksonville. Uh, that, that's that is a uh, that's deep. It that's is, like I don't the, that's so. gra- that's grassy knoll type stuff right there. <laughs> From what I'm hearing, the ship has sailed on the urban USC thing, and that like, and that's what I figure is the case because yeah. he's never worked in the West really. Outside of Utah, is the furthest West he's ever coached. Right. So I don't necessarily think him making the jump to LA is in the cards. But I, there's so much tied up in this story. Why did he go to Jacksonville in the first place? Like, oh, I thought I never thought it was going to work. It's, it's, I, I thought it was he gonna, thought he was Urban Meyer and he could right. win really anywhere. But it's the NFL graveyard. Well, I've said this. Well, I've said this a million. It wouldn't have worked anywhere. I've said this a million times. What makes Urban successful in college? His whole act, yeah. the way he coaches, the way he does things, the way he runs mm-hmm. things, will not work at the yeah. NFL. In the NFL, I think we're already seeing that. We're absolutely this. already seeing that. Yeah. But yet, and and the locker room. Listen, you can. 
you can, uh, you know, be a drill sergeant with college young people and they're going to respond to that based on their age and your authority over it and they're still in school and all these things. You can't do that at the NFL. There they're not going to listen. who make more than you annually and they are not about to put up with that. Well, think about players. that That's the whole reason they want to go to the NFL so they don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. And, yeah. and we can all relate, right? After you get out of college, you want to get into a, uh, a big boy and girl job. We've got some responsibility, yeah. and and you're making a difference for like what your chosen field. Like we've all been there. The fact in camp that he was trying to do that performance based oh, initiative that he had going, where it's like, hey, if you're not performing, you're going to be down, going down the depth chart. And it's like, really? Am I? Yeah. Well, and they tried to make it that Gardner Minshew actually had a chance to be the starting quarterback over the number one overall pick. Sorry, we're not believing that it, for a second. It just it, it it's never going to work. This aside, it sure. wasn't going to work. Yeah, and so, picking Jacksonville, like you just doubled down on your inability to do. He'll much. be back on TV next year. Mark my words, and then maybe Cherry picks another choice job in college after that. Waiting for Brian Kelly to finally leave Notre Something, Dame. Something, yeah. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be the redemption story too? Right? Yeah. You know, always where we always to, thought he'd land. Always wanted to. Well, coach that there. was in his contract. The, the one out he always had was Notre Dame. There were three outs that well, he had at Utah. It yes. was Notre Dame, Michigan, and Ohio State. Sure, yeah. But he passed on Notre Dame to take the Florida job. Correct. Which is interesting. That so was... another part of the story, he passed on the job the first time. Now he's coming back. <laughs> Urban Meyer living the dream. Oh. Walked through the fire. This whole deal, man, as you mentioned, this is just so many layers to this story that it's it's absolutely insane to keep reading about different things coming out of this. But at the same time, it is kind of a joke that, like, uh, he didn't break the law. I mean, no. this is a mistake in his personal life, and people are, are calling for him to be fired, which is, I, I don't know, I'm kind of uncomfortable with that personally. But isn't it interesting, and Hans brought this up yesterday, if he were winning, we'd be talking about this, but in a very different way. Yeah, but they're 0-4. But they're 0-4, and they stink. And he's like melting down with every loss, and now this hits, and it's it's a different deal than it would be. I mean, you know, the ultimate example of that certainly is, is say, Rick Majerus. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like if you're winning, you're going to get away with a lot. Yeah, well, Rick Majerus, when times got tough, all of a sudden health issues or mama was calling me to come home. But the the thing with Majerus, like his, his, he's such an eccentric dude. I, I mean, I'm not even talking about the way he coached, which it was was one thing, and we've all heard the stories. There, but but just how he lived. There's I, one person you need to talk to about this exact scenario, and it's Patrick Kinahan. Oh, yeah. But I mean... Front lines right there for years was PK. Keeping the, the, the living in the hotel and keeping the service staff up, you know, 24 hours a day and because he's he's such a film yeah. nut and he's watching film at four uh-huh. in the morning and he wants a pizza. And so get, get somebody's standing by, yeah. you know, if he's losing, nobody's standing by to get you your pizza. If you want some legendary stories, talk to Tim yeah. Lacombe about this. Oh, Tim's got him. Britain's got him. Yep. They've all, got all, all of them got him. But you know what? The dude could coach. Yes. And that that excuses a lot. When, when, you, you, when you win and you curry favor with the national reporters, exactly what Majerus did, you're going to be looked at a much different light than other people may look at you. All right. So so we're all in agreement this is a troll job? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Day is getting, uh, getting after it. Just sent a little message like, hey, Herbs, nice pullover you were wearing. <laughs> 
<laughs> what a terrible story. All right, we've got a market update coming up next. Uh, Hatch's guy, PK, will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Of course, Hatch produces DJ and PK every single morning here on the Zone Sports Network. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Jig Scott 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK will join the show coming up next. We're hoping to keep PK for the four o'clock hour. We'll see. We just got to be nice to him. Extremely nice. Which takes a is this is why I'm a big person, Lloyd, because he's not particularly nice to me when I fill in on his show. But I'm going to be nice. No, he usually goes for the jugular. Oh, in like second number it's one. It's like, geez, take it <laughs> easy. I just barely sat down. <laughs> Man, I love PK. Mixing it up with PK is something everybody should experience at least once. Maybe offer him some golf. Say, hey, I'll take you golfing. You hang out with me for the hour, take you golfing. Tell you what, PK is a golfer. Dude is, dude is handy on the golf course. He's got a good putt. That's where it's at. Man, takes a lot of strokes off the game when you can putt. Yes. Yeah, it does. And he's really accurate, which is just maddening. Don't you, like, I, I love playing golf with PK, but it, don't you hate playing golf with somebody that's just, like, right where they want to hit it on every shot? And you're like, come on. You're you, over fishing the ball out of the woods. You know and, who's be, become like that? And I don't remember the last time, you know, when you last played like that, like, Hans. Oh, yeah. Hans is, he was on his like, way to that. Yeah, he was on I his way, with. but, like, he's like, okay, I just want to go over the, the, the edge of that bunker. And I'm telling you, the last time I played with him, and I only played a couple times this year, it's just... I haven't had time. and But it goes right over the edge, and it's like, okay, that'd be nice. I know, but see, Hans is this big, masculine, football-playing dude, and his golf game doesn't exactly match that. So every time I hit it further than him, I can see him cry a little inside. And so I got to admit, he may beat me, but I feel like I win in a lot of ways. Boy. Built a Walmart between your ball and mine. Well, it looks like you're going to be hitting first on uh, again. It's our... <laughs> really all I got. Oh man! And then he's got a, he's got his own personal swing coach. Like oh, I know who who you know just because Hans gets everything. Yeah, whatever, you know, but works with him. The game gets a little bit off track, and he just calls up his swing coach. He's got his own uh, Butch Harmon. Got about 190 yards there, Hans. Better better hit the three wood. Yeah, going to need that. And I don't care how accurate you are. <laughs> better hit everything you got in the bag. Might want to hit that driver oh, off the deck man. this time because, yeah, you're not getting there. You know, I can say this because Hans is here and in the next room and definitely not listening. So, yep. Yeah, so <laughs> I can get away with this. 
it's so maddening seeing how like how accurate he is now. It's like, yeah. oh, really? That's what you want to do? I tell myself, okay, I'm going to take it right over that bunker, and then I'll spray it to the right in the bushes. It's like, okay. Yeah, but even when you do spray it to the right to the bushes, you can look at Hans and you go, "Do we? Should we move you up to the to the red tees or the or maybe the goldie oldies? Do you need do you need the do you need the distance? You need I the hope, help." I hope I left it in queue in that in in my office over there, <laughs> so he's hearing this. <laughs> All right, it's time for a market update uh, brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit try day trading.com markets today uh, looking good Dow Jones up 102 points S&P 500 up 18 points and the Nasdaq up 68 points so there is your market update even if it's just a little bit on the Dow take it I'll take it yeah why not well, you know, we want to continue to play golf once in a while, Lloyd. Yes. Have, There's have... been some big dips, and it's yeah. like, oh, man. Don't want any of that. I mean, Hans, of course, doesn't worry about that because he just plays golf for free. Ron or Mc... he does the BOGO, and either way, he plays for free. You're right. Mac yes. tried to bring that up on Football Friday. He did. Coach he did bring up the BOGO. I'm like, oh, here we go again. That really is the. Uh, that really is not cool. How about that? That's not cool. Oh, no, it isn't. And I told him, I was like, you can't do that ever again. I'm not doing that. I just wanted, I was like, oh, fine, I'll just, whatever. I just want to go golf. What did he do? Did he look at you and be like, well, are you, you going to pay it all? So he sat there and he goes, so are we going, is this happening? He's like, no. What's my my gift certificate? I'm like, well, yeah, but then buy you one, just, get one. You yeah. buy one, get it one. Means and you get 50% and the two off. Buddies, yeah, you split it. You split it and you go half. And it's like, man, we just paid at that time, it was would have been $21 each. Yeah, you just, you just 21 split bucks. It. It's like, right. oh, sweet. All right. Good deal. Half off. Playing 18 for $21. No, he made you pay full boat. And 42. He, and he played for free. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever, let's just play some golf then. And I beat him that day too. Who so does whatever. that? Oh, good. I'm yeah, glad. no, yeah. I did. I'm glad. I'm glad. I beat him much since, but. Well, PK, who is a fantastic golfer, is going to join the show coming up next. But we will talk college football. I want to get some uh, jazz thoughts from our guy PK as well. Stay tuned. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 the zone.